The GameCube's Cool Podcast is a recorded and produced show from Toronto, Canada. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the GameCube was cool to find our $1 and $5 a month tiers. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters for the month of April. I Rebel, Dean Donian, Jed Winters, Joey Sirico, Resident Evil Collector on Instagram, Tristan Pantorado, Wilshire, White Wind Wolf L, Kara Link, Marty Thompson, Double Ugly, and Bendito Benito. The GameCube, GameCube was cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. Far, far away is still in lockdown, Neil. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, we're live. Oh, wow. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, it, there's an interesting topic, Mike, that I'd like to talk to you about. Uh, it's come to my attention that uh, people open their bags of milk with knives. What's going on out there? Yeah, so uh, I saw an article recently of people talking about milk, as you do, because why wouldn't you talk about milk? And Someone was talking about how, you know, in Canada we have bagged milk, and of course in the States uh, they don't have bagged milk, and I guess other places don't have bagged milk. There's also the whole thing of milk being on shelves in Europe and sure. not in the, in the fridge, and that's a whole other topic in in itself. But yeah, uh, in this article they're saying, yeah, well, you know, if you go to Canada, make sure that you know how to open a bag of milk properly. Don't just use a serrated knife. Right. And then it came to my attention that people do open bags of milk with knives. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? This just seems like a, a horrible decision. You see, you have to be really confident in your milk bag opening skills. I don't recommend <laughs> yeah. this for beginner uh, milk, bag milk uh, consumers. I guess the Americans moving up north. It's one of the few things as being a Canadian, I can admit, is bloody weird. Like that we op- that we keep our milk in bags. Like, just these open bags of milk in our fridge. Like, we don't cover them. They're exposed to the elements of the fridge, the smells and everything. It's a little bit strange. Uh, I, I don't use bag milk now just because it's me and my girlfriend, and we can't go through a four-liter bag of milk in, in a week or two or oh, however I long can. it takes. Oh, good for you. <laughs> I can go through it in, like, three days. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> Respect to you, good sir. But uh, when I was a kid, I actually did open my bags of milk with a knife because I went through, like, a huge... You monster. I, oh, man. But I, got, I was good at it, though. That's the thing is, like, I, you know raised on scissors to open my bags of milk naturally sure uh and just after a while i got tired of like looking for the scissors you know in a family of five the scissors are never where they're supposed Very to be true. we Very have a true. we have a paper route like we're always opening you know bundles of uh, newspapers with the scissors so never where they're supposed to be so eventually i was like you know what screw this i'm going to use a, a a nice steak knife the uh the, a steak knife from <laughs> yeah, yeah serrated steak knife and uh i was really good at like sharpening sticks with my uh with my swiss army knife so i was like this is i'm ready for this moment so for a couple years there i was opening bags of milk with uh with knives and i got really good at it that's really funny i love that (laughs) but no i can definitely see where you're coming coming from where like beginners should should stick to scissors i think experts you know that's maybe i'd say like intermediates is straighted knife opening for bags of milk what's the what what's the expert level (laughs) expert level is teeth for sure oh my god (laughs) (laughs) just bite it off (laughs) just rip it off and then you have this gaping hole in your bag of milk for the next week because that's the thing that's the thing with like with the knife opening is like you're playing with fire if you make that hole too big or too small. Oh, yeah. If it's too big, your your day is done. Like, I, I love watching videos of uh, people online who have never seen the bag milk thing. And my girlfriend showed me one where, like, a person cut the bag open and emptied the bag into the milk jug. 
that was, that was one. I was like, that's a fair guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is fair. But no, like just seeing them cut the bag open way too, way too big. And it's, there's just the right, I don't know what it is. It's like a natural inclination as a Canadian. We just know how much of that corner to snip off to make the perfect milk opening. But Mike, speaking of milk, we have uh, some news in the past week. Oreo, the beloved sandwich company, announced that the Oreo cake... Did you say sandwich company? Yes, yes. The beloved sandwich company, Mike, Oreo, the cookie sandwich, if you will. Sure. I consider them a, cookie, a sandwich company. <laughs> they announced that they're bringing back the Oreo Cakester, the uh, the once defunct uh, treat that we had around in the late 2000s, I guess it was. They went away due to obvious reasons, uh, health issues and whatnot. <laughs> they probably shouldn't have been on the shelves in the first place, but they're coming back. Now, there's been no announcement as to a date or when they're coming to Canada, but uh, are you excited for this? Uh, Neil, I'm ecstatic for this because that is a sandwich. A mm. cakester is a sandwich. So I'll, oh, give definitely. You, I'll give you credit there for saying that Oreo is a sandwich company. Yeah, I want uh, cakesters in Canada. Let's go. Let's let's petition Oreos to, to remember that us Canadians also love Oreos. Honestly, I I've always liked Oreos. Double stuffed Oreos is where I live now because mm-hmm. that's just the natural. I, it's yeah. just natural. Ever since I had double stuffed, I can't go back to non double stuffed. No, 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 you can't. Like there's there's no going back once you go double stuffed. You can't go back to the regular. And God forbid you go back to the you go to the thins or something like horrible. <laughs> I would never expect that of you, Mike. I have much too. I have way too much respect for you there. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. But uh, me and friend of the show, John, were discussing this on Discord today, actually, uh, the day of recording. And because uh, he was wondering, you know, when are these things coming to Canada? Oreo has made no announcement. So I, being a loyal uh, Oreo fan, mm-hmm. uh, went to went to the customer service department uh, on their website. And I sent them an email, Mike. Uh, I'd like to read that for <laughs> yes. you today. Let's hear it. Hello, Oreo family. Longtime fan. First time writing in. My friends and I were relieved to know that nature is healing and Oreo Cakesters would be returning to our grocery store shelves at some point in the near future. Was wondering if you had an ETA for when they would be landing in the Great White North. If it's a supply chain shortage, we recommend limiting the Oreo thins in order to make room for what we want, the Oreo Cakester. Thank you for your service, Neil from Ontario. That's beautiful. I love it. I love no that problem. so much. I got an instant bounce back to say that their customer service department uh, is closed until Monday at 9 a.m. So if I do get a follow-up, I'll be sure to read it on this podcast. <laughs> Amazing. I hope that we get it, but uh, we'll have to see. Mike, in other news, I beat Metroid Dread on the Switch finally, and I wanted to do a quick review of it on the podcast just to uh, give you my thoughts and uh, hopefully sell you on the game. Yeah, how many Oreos appear in Metroid Dread? Just zero. You know. Zero sam not even a sandwich. No no cookies. Very disturbing how the lack of Oreos in in Metroid Dread, but uh my first point I want to say I know that this game came out back in October. It took me a long time to get to it. I appreciate your patience. Uh, <laughs> I am a huge fan of 2D of 2D Metroid games. I just haven't had the time to play it, just the busyness of work and uh, this podcast. But uh, I did finally chip away at it, and I beat it in about 20 hours, I think it took me. And okay. I got to say, Mike, it's not as hard as people say. I heard that people were saying that it was hard, but I also heard the opposite. Mm. Okay. Or at least not necessarily opposite, but, you know, basically what you're saying is like, it's not that hard, guys. Come on. No, it's it's not. Like, the boss fights are challenging. I'll give you that. Sure. But they're 2D boss fights. They're not like the Dark Souls and the Bloodborne games. They're not nearly that bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hardest boss, like, even the final boss, maybe five, six tries, and I was done. Like, it took me less than half an hour to beat the final boss, which, compared to, like, some of the older Metroid games, like Metroid Prime, took me, we talked about on the podcast, like, a month to beat that boss. Sure. Uh, this one was not that bad. Like, I would say that the toughest boss, maybe 10 tries to beat. 
The only hard part of the game is really that there's a lot of backtracking, which is natural in a Metroid game, and it's not always obvious where to go. So mm-hmm. if you don't like Metroidvanias or this is your first Metroidvania, you have to know that there's going to be backtracking. You're going to be doing a lot of going back through the same levels over and over again. If you want to go for 100% completion, which which I didn't, that's real. That's the real challenge there is if you want to beat the game and find everything. Right. Yeah. 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 Like, And that's, I mean... For me, I, I'm not that interested in, in getting 100% on, like, a 2D game. No. Like, uh, Dread, obviously some others I would, would be more interested in. But, yeah, the backtracking in a 2D game is always tough. It is. It is. And, yeah, I, I've never been into that in the Metroid games anyway. I just want to beat them. I know that there are different endings depending on the percentage that you end up with. Um, but, like I said, 20 hours. I think I had around 30 or 40% of the map and all the items uncovered. So there's a lot Ooh. of the game that I that I did not see, but I definitely got my enjoyment out of it. The only issue I would say with the game is, and this is an issue that I've had with a lot of games on Switch, is that it's very similar to Samus Returns, Mm. the 3DS game that came out in 2017. And the reason why that's an issue for me is because I feel like that, once again, like as a Switch owner, I'm getting just a rehash of a game that I already played that no one else played back in the day. Sure. Like Samus Returns only sold about a half a million units, I believe, and I played it and loved it. And that was one of my biggest one of my biggest praises for the game was that it got me to play 3DS in an era when the Switch was out, which was a huge thing to do back in 2017. Uh, this game just kind of felt like a uprezzed version of that game that I had already played, but no one played because it came out when the Switch was out. So nevertheless, it's a very fluid game, very amazing. I really hope that uh, more people can get out there and play it. I'm a big fan of 2D Metroid games over the 3D games, so I have a feeling I'm going to end up liking this one better than Metroid Prime 4 when we eventually get that game. But uh, yeah, really happy that I've beaten that one. And uh, on to the next Switch game. I don't know what that is yet, but I'll have to find one. That's awesome. Well, probably Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga, maybe, Neil? I think so. That is probably going to be uh, the next game that I pick up on Switch, uh, depending on what I have on GameCube, because Mario Strikers is coming up fast. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. You got to make sure you save room for Strikers when that comes up, because that is going to be our entire summer. This episode of the GameCube School podcast was sponsored by Manscaped.com. Attention, all my college comrades. The summer sun is just around the corner, and you know what that means. The water gets warmer, skin gets darker, and the hair gets... pubier? Luckily, our friends at Manscaped are here to make that summer bod pop with their fourth-generation performance package, which includes their signature lawnmower 4.0. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for shaved boy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code GAMECUBE. Before Manscaped, let's just say things were a little dicey when it came to grooming. Turns out, using the Master Sword down there wasn't a great idea. But let's be real, no one wants to be the hairy Wario at the Peach Beach Rave. It's time to dive through that item box on Rainbow Road and pick up Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Trimmer, Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and I must say, a very beautiful and extremely useful shed travel bag that holds all your goodies. The Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer was designed with summer intentions in mind, features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, and did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? Both pool and beach party approved, just don't use it at the beach party. Get 20% off, plus free shipping with the code GAMECUBE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off, plus free shipping with the code G-A-M-E-C-U-B-E at manscaped.com. It's time to trim off those spring flowers this summer and give your beach balls a shine with Manscaped. Now, back to the show.
Oh my god, dude! I cannot wait. That's so. <laughs> it's coming up. It's like seven, eight, seven or eight weeks away now. So, get getting close, getting close. But Mike, we have a Patreon topic today. Listeners, remember that if you want to write into the show, you can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash the GameCube is cool. Supporters at the $5 level get their names read in the credits and the option to submit an opening topic. Just like iRebel did today, iRebel says, we all know cats are better than dogs. Mm. I don't know if that's true. (laughs) But for your opening topic for April, what are 20 reasons why cats are better than dogs? You can answer this question 10 answers each, no repeats, off the other person's list, or work together on the 20. Let's show our furry friends some love. So, Mike, we uh, we both came up with 10 perks uh, for cats. My perks are somewhat dark in some places, so I'm going to let you start with a good one. Okay, sure. Uh, I just, so first of all, uh, I want to say I don't agree with this fact. Oh. Uh, because I love cats and dogs equally. Oh, okay. You're one of those guys. Okay. Yeah, I, I own a cat instead of a dog because I live in a small Toronto apartment. This is basically the biggest reason why I, well, I actually foster cats. So the, the cat that we currently have now is a foster and we'll probably keep doing that until we foster fail and adopt a, a cat that we really love. But um, yeah, I, my number one is they don't need as much attention as dogs relatively. And of course, all of these are going to be relative because talk cats and dogs are very similar in a lot of different ways because they're an animal in your house yes they're an animal that for some reason we domesticated and we now feed them and dress them and everything and uh, i wish i could say that i'm a equal cat and dog person i'm just way more of a dog person uh, i like cats enough i just they bug me when they randomly attack me mike has seen it a hundred times with our friend john's cats um so the <laughs> the darkest uh, perk for me for cats i swear this is as dark as it gets and then i'm going to go to some good ones i put you can eat them <laughs> Oh, Jesus. You can also eat dogs, though. I know. That is a perk of dogs. You're right. And I I don't I don't mean I eat them. But in certain countries, uh, they do provide sustenance for people. It's not in my culture and I don't condone it. But uh, that's a perk. Some people don't starve to death because of cats. Jesus. It only gets it only goes up from there, I swear. (laughs) Well, mine uh, would be somewhat the opposite. Uh, Cats uh, will eat and kill things that you don't like most of the time, Mm. uh, which I I'm a big fan of. Uh, Cats will kill a lot of random bugs around the house they'll they, eat your oreo thins they'll eat my oreo thins that's right look at rid of those for me uh yeah they're i mean relatively cats are are good hunters that will you know get rid of the the bad stuff like that's why they were brought on ships was to to eat all the rats mm-hmm. yeah that's a really good one that ties into one of mine that i'll talk about in a little bit but my second one here is that they have really cool eyes Okay. I really like I really like cats' eyes. Like yeah, I, I will give you that. Like anytime I see a photo of a cat, instantly drawn to their eyes, really pretty. Like bright green eyes, sometimes blue. Uh, really cool. They can see like crazy because they're predators, obviously. But they always look so focused. Like they never look tired. Yeah, they're always focused. <laughs> always one eye open. Yeah. Always ready. Yep. Exactly. What's your number three there, Mike? Uh, they embody my spirit of don't come near me, ever. But if we're friends, I got you. Okay. It, but even even when we're friends, sometimes don't come near me. Yeah, you know, sometimes I'm having a bad day. Don't come near me. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I always, that's one thing that draws me towards cats is like dogs are just happy to see everyone usually where cats are like, mm, we'll see. We'll see yeah. how you are. Yeah. <laughs> and that is that is one of the things that cats can do better than dogs is that they, they do eradicate mice from houses. Like uh, in my parents' old house where I lived, uh, we lived in a bit of a foresty area so every spring and fall we would get like sometimes 10 mice in the house that we would catch with 
mouse traps. We eventually got the more fair ones, the ones that don't kill them. Yeah, uh, I guess. Uh, but uh, we had a dog, like an eighty-pound collie, that just slept and like didn't care when there were mice <laughs> in the house. So if we had a cat, those mice would be dead in ten seconds. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like where I was like, Jesus Christ, Chase, like you're completely useless here, um, <laughs> setting up mouse traps, snapping my thumbs. But yeah, cats are mice killers, and I appreciate that. And I do like mice too, actually. But still, I just like cats purrs, purrs. You know, whenever they purr, it calms me down too. It feels like okay, you're happy, I'm happy. Mm. With a dog, it's like they can be happy but anxious. Okay. A lot. Yeah, Cats yeah. don't really have the happy anxious. They're just like, I am either happy and comfortable or not. Okay. That's a good one. The purring is interesting for me. Sometimes I can't tell if they're mad. Like, because when dogs grumble, it usually means they're pissed. Like, because they're growling slightly. Yeah, well, no, the purring means that they're, they're ha- well, usually purring means that they're happy or usually. they want food. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> At least they're good at communicating. Really good. I'm going to combine four and five here because these are just two of my favorite cats. So number four, Garfield the cat. Love him. Love the Garfield comics. Um, sure great cat i love any kind of garfield meme always really good <laughs> and then number five is sylvester the cat from the looney tunes series one of my favorite cartoon characters growing up love looney tunes love sylvester the cat love sylvester sylvester speak therapy suffering thuckatash <laughs> what's your next one there mike i also love cats because uh they don't want attention all the time but um you know they do come out of their shell and give you love uh when you when you let them which is uh, which is pretty cute where I guess a dog would do that more. I don't know. I don't want to <laughs> compare dogs as much. This is just reasons I like cats, yeah, basically. Yeah. Not to say that dogs don't do that. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. My, my next one here is the cat suit in Super Mario 3D World. Yes. That was a really cool addition there. I like the cat suit. You could climb stuff, and you could run fast and jump at angles. That was a really neat power-up in the Mario universe, and I'd like to see it come back. I'm a big fan of that, too. Yeah, I was going to write that, and then I saw that you had already written it. I was like, damn it. Neil stole that. No problem. <laughs> but I will take one here, and I will say that, um, honestly, cats are just easier to take care of in my uh, in, in the history of me dealing with animals. It's objectively true. Yeah. Just, yep. That's just one where, you know, like, if you're comparing, like, a cat to, like, you know, owning a puppy as well. Like, a puppy is, is like, having a smile child. Basically. Puppy could even be worse than having a smile child. Because yep. at least you're, you're also, and this is a Pete Holmes joke, but, like, at least you also know, like, a baby is crying. It's like, you're hungry? I'm hungry. Yeah, yeah. I understand. Like when a dog is just going nuts, it's like, I don't know what you want. I am yeah, not your species. There is a great stand up about that. Not Pete Holmes, but the guy, like basically someone saying that like having a kid is so much harder than a dog. And he was like, how many people has your kid bitten today? <laughs> how many shoes has your child destroyed this week? <laughs> yeah, really exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely harder. Number seven for me is, uh, this is a cheat one, but uh, I really like Cat Stevens, the guitar player. <laughs> Cat Stevens, great singer-songwriter. That great. counts. He's, That's a cat. He's, he's got cat in his name. He's a cool cat. He was one of my influences for getting into playing acoustic guitar, too. I actually really like his music. Some of it's a bit out there. He goes by the name Yusuf now, but uh, when he was Cat yeah, he Stevens. he does both. He's like Cat Stevens slash Yusuf Islam. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Cool, cool. He's like Spider-Man and Venom. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> More like Spider-Man and Peter Parker, but That's yeah. That's probably I'll, better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, 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 I'll rattle off my, la- my three of my last four here uh, real quick, Neil. Cats are mostly quiet. Uh, you know, they they don't uh, make massive amounts of noise when someone comes to the door. Big fan of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, cats, they own the house, even when there's dogs around. That's It's their house. I respect that. I can definitely respect that. Sure. Um, cats don't need walks. Uh, yeah. A constant walks, which is a huge plus for me. Um, some people do walk their cats, and it's freaking some weird. Some people do, <laughs> yeah, which is a little strange, but uh, yep. they don't really need it. Uh, nope. And, of course, uh, from the great animated show Cat Dog, oh, um, yeah. in my opinion, Cat is the cooler one. Oh, okay. And that brings together your two your two beloved cat and dog worlds. That's a great cartoon. 
Exactly. Good ten. That's yeah. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. My I'll, my final three here. I'll rattle them off. I love cat videos on TikTok, YouTube, Vine. When that was a thing, I like all the cat videos. They're really funny when they're attacking each other or doing something <laughs> silly. Any <laughs> any kind of animal video like that is good. Uh, another slightly dark one, but not really. Is uh, I'm allergic to cats, but uh, the cat or the allergy medicine business employs millions of people around the world. <laughs> so if there were no cat allergies, these people would be out of work. So I like to think that cats are somehow bolstering the economy by selling. Uh, I'm not going to mention brand names here, but you know them. And my final one here is I have a really fun story. When I was a kid, we were on a road trip and side of the road, we found seven or six or seven cats, like kittens that had just been left on like this country road. Yeah. And my family, we stopped because I don't know how we caught, like caught sight of that. But anyway, we saw like this little, you know, bundle of kittens on the side of the road and we picked them up and took them to an animal hospital. I think it was near Port Dover. I think that's where we were going. But we okay. dropped them off, and they eventually – I think they got adopted. This is pre-internet, so we have no way of knowing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we just dropped them off at this animal hospital, and they they were like, oh, yeah, we'll we'll get them homes. So, yeah, that was kind of a really cool cat story for, for me as kids. That was actually a really neat, like, hour or two out of our road trip that uh, I don't think about too often. But just thinking about this list, it brought back a memory for me. Well, awesome. Well, thank you very much, Irabelle, for writing in and – bringing that memory back for Neil, because that's a that's a lovely story, Neil. It was. It's a cherished memory. And uh, we have some more memories to go through today, Mike. So uh, let's move on to uh, our episode today, which is all about Shrek. Not cats, but one cat is in it, Neil. There is. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 93 of the GameCube is Cool podcast. New episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. We are the number one GameCube podcast on the internet. We're here to look back on all 555 North American GameCube games, one by one, sometimes 12 by 12. So far, we have covered 418 games. You can visit thegamecubewascool.com to check out all the things we've been working on. The website was developed by our very own Mike Lane. That's me. That's him. Last week, we talked about our favorite Easter eggs and hidden secrets in video games to celebrate Easter. We also bashed on the Easter Bunny a little bit. If you haven't already, go back and check it out. This week, we are covering all the Shrek games on the GameCube to celebrate the 21st anniversary of the first Shrek movie, which came out on April 22nd, 2001. Can't believe it's been 21 years since that beautiful movie graced us with its presence. I was not expecting it to be the hit that it was. But, uh, Mike, before we move on to the games of the day, let's talk about our memories of the green ogre of our childhood. Yeah, Shrek. Oh, my God. So I watched Shrek in theaters for my eighth, not Earth, eighth birthday when I was eight years old. And my dad came with me. I think it was uh, a bunch of us that went, a bunch of uh, friends. And uh, we were laughing at some parts, of course, because it is a great movie. It still holds up today. I love it. Mm-hmm. I still love Shrek. Oh, yeah. And uh, I remember my dad and the other dads behind us laughing like hysterically <laughs> at a lot of the scenes yeah. in Shrek because they are so good. There's so many hidden references. Uh, I know my dad loves the, the the first part of the movie, especially when they're rounding up all the fairy tale creatures. Yeah. He, he always gets a good chuckle out of that yeah. uh, when, you know, Pinocchio is going in the, the carriage. It's like, but I'm a real boy. <laughs> and his nose grows. And, yeah. and like the three little pigs talking about like yeah. getting eviction notices and stuff. Just like random little adult jokes in there. It's so good. <laughs> it's so well done. And it's yeah. such a, it's like such a unique story and a unique blend of humor because this this really upended the animation world. Like this, mm-hmm. the, the the Shrek cynicism is what a lot of people call it. That was really new at the time and novel. And uh, it worked so well in that early 2000s kind of culture. And, you know, it really did send Disney running for their f- running for the hills for a while there because people kind of forget that Disney was not doing that great mm-hmm. in the late 90s, early 2000s. It, it was not a great time for them. Uh, really 
the only reason they got out of it was actually just buying people. <laughs> right. And like, you know, think of Marvel and Pixar and some of these other studios. But for Disney, yeah, they weren't doing great at the time. And we'll, of course, talk about that in uh, episode 99 coming up in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's really interesting to think back to this time where Shrek and then Shrek 2 being even bigger, in yeah. my opinion, somewhat better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those movies were, were the talk of the town. They were everywhere. Yeah. Like Shrek was for... Six, seven years, Shrek was everywhere. Yeah, I can still remember. That was one of the first times I remember my parents talking about an animated movie being huge in the box office. We didn't see this one in theaters, but I remember my parents are newspaper readers, and my dad was reading an article about Shrek being the highest grossing animated film of the year and potentially of all, like, not of all time, but... Uh, just like smashing all of these box office records. And as of today, it currently sits at being the 17th highest grossing film franchise of all time with $3.5 billion, wow. which is just behind Mission Impossible by $60 million and just ahead of the Twilight series by $170 million. So it's way ahead of Twilight and just behind Mission Impossible. And at the time of recording this, Puss in Boots is coming out later this year. There's a rumored Shrek 5 in development. So easily Shrek is going to pass Mission Impossible probably by the end of 20. 23 yeah. I would have to say so it's it's not a joke like how big this franchise is and it really came out of nowhere for me we didn't see it in theaters I got Shrek on VHS for my eighth birthday I, got, I remember getting it specifically unwrapping it I got some Legos that year too and then coming home from that party and just watching Shrek on repeat for weeks <laughs> while building my Lego sets like just my my cousins would come over we'd watch Shrek my aunt would come over to play with my sister we'd have Shrek on in the background and and like you said like they were laughing at jokes like when the princesses are all referred to as bachelorettes like yeah. like we're talking about the bachelor show like it's just little references like that number sprinkled. three my lord number three yeah exactly <laughs> just like little jokes like that sprinkled throughout the movie it's just so memorable and now like Shrek is kept alive over the last 10 or so years of its hiatus by being a massive source of memes online (laughs) yeah Yeah, shrek basically lives through memes but it is a little sad to see that shrek died very quickly Mm -hmm. you know we talked uh earlier well actually we kind of talked offline about this but the fact that shrek was everywhere and then nowhere you know it was so fast and there's a couple of reasons for that i did a little bit of research uh, this week and i also had remembered an article i was in the new york times last year uh, this time last year for the 20th anniversary of Shrek when they, the franchise celebrated it. And it was really interesting because they had a lot of points about kind of what has happened to Sh- with Shrek, you know, why it's kind of uh, not talked about as much in the media anymore. And, you know, there's three really big points here. There's the oversaturation of Shrek, right. of course, you know, 10 years of co- Shrek being everywhere all the time, making tons of video games and spinoffs and rides and like it was t-shirts you know, just and as, backpacks and yeah it was it was too much it was everything mm-hmm. and it, it, they 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 milked that horse or they they beat that donkey <laughs> <laughs> and and got all that money they could out of it which was was really sad that they you know beat that dead horse for sure but yeah. uh the second one was the cynic humor that drove shrek to riches had been replaced in the public consciousness with frozen's unrelentless positivity right which dreamworks you know really didn't try and fight but instead attempted to simply emulate it mm. and they couldn't really do that with shrek the ogre they couldn't do that with donkey and fiona these people who are kind of the 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 others in society who were fighting against whatever they were fighting against at the time okay and you know it was very relatable but the problem is is like something with like frozen it's just so marketable right in that sense mm. and like for dreamworks they instead wanted to go down the 
you know, Boss Baby, Trolls, yeah. Crudes, Madagascar. You know, these are like much easier things to sell toys of mm-hmm. and sell, you know, sell kids stuff. And that goes to number three here, marketability. You know, how do you market Shrek to kids? This is this. There's no cute animals. There's no noble hero. There's no Disney princesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shrek kind of subverts the norm. And for the first two movies, they do it beautifully. And then um, they kind of fall by the wayside and just make two really not good movies yeah and then saturate themselves and that was basically it which is sad to see yeah like i i know of shrek 3 and 4 coming out i have no memory of when or where i saw shrek 3 i remember seeing shrek 4 on a date in 2010 but shrek 1 and 2 like we own those on vhs and dvd and watch them on on repeat and everybody loved it like i said like it and you're right it is because it, it does twist that dark humor with with childhood humor so well and i i miss that that those types of movies dude like i i just saw like despicable me a few weeks ago and like it's good like it it, it's close but it's not quite there of being like really good for adults i found a lot of jokes in there funny but it's nothing like shrek was like there's really nothing like that series what it was from 2001 into 2004 but the oversaturation can't be understated there were five shrek games on gamecube in four years yeah, there's five five Shrek games on GameCube in four years. Those are Extra Large, Shrek 2, Shrek Super Slam, Shrek Smash and Crash, and of course Shrek Party, mm-hmm. which we talked about in a previous episode, in the Party episode. And there was also Shrek the Third was supposed to be put out on GameCube in 2007, Neil, mm-hmm. but it was canceled the yep. last minute, honestly, thankfully, because why did we need another 2007 movie tie-in video game of a not very good movie right. for the GameCube? But I did want to just say... Um, Back to just Shrek as a franchise as a whole. One of the other reasons why Shrek is great and still is great, those first two movies, is the voice acting and the actors they got for it. You know, yep. we got John Cleese as the king. We have Julie Andrews as the queen. We have, obviously, Eddie Murphy in his big comeback role here. <laughs> uh, Mike Myers. We have uh, Antonio Banderas as Puss in Boots. We have um, Cameron Diaz as Fiona, uh, John Lithgow in the first one as Lord John Farquaad. John Lithgow as Farquaad is just like one of the best yeah. animated performances ever. He knew so well how to, you know, project that voice in, in such a uh, particular way. Mm-hmm. And he did it like just an amazing job for a character who's not on screen very much at all. No. Lord Farquaad is so memorable. Oh, yeah, d- dude. Farquaad is such a good character. I wish that they brought him back in the later movies. I can't remember. Maybe they did. I just don't remember. But I felt kind of sad that he was only in the only in the first one. But then in the later movies, they did also bring in Justin Timberlake, who was really big. He, he was okay. Jane Lynch, John Hamm. But yeah, they were all amazing. And like Mike Myers was on top of the world in the early 2000s, just with Wayne's World and of course... Uh, Austin Powers and now this like he was he could he was like basically a rock star in, in the film industry love guru love, oh who could forget love guru and Eddie Murphy was was big with our parents with his comedy like delirious mm-hmm. like that's a classic stand- SNL SNL of course like like parents were basically watching an SNL uh, animated film with Mike Myers and Eddie Murphy on screen together yeah no oh, ex- that's exactly what it is right yeah. and so that was a that was a huge boon for for our parents generation too is being able to see those guys mm-hmm. but yeah shrek the franchise is somewhat alive not really mm-hmm. but in this world we're gonna take you back to the early 2000s we'll talk about some of these shrek games that came out for the gamecube yeah, that's right mike very good segue let's move on to the those games right now and like you said earlier we have covered uh the shrek super party game which was on episode 79 so if you haven't already go back and check that episode out but for today let's start with shrek extra large which was released on october 30th 2002 my ninth birthday 
Developed by Digital Illusions, which would later be known as DICE after EA buys them. They make Battlefield and Battlefront today. It's published by TDK Media Active. It's also on Xbox, kind of. It's really complicated. Rates a 3 out of 10. The Xbox version did slightly better, but not by much. Priced today at around $25. This is a 3D platformer and a movie tie-in for Shrek 1. Basically, it's it's a rough game. This is, is going to be a hard uh, <laughs> review, Mike. <laughs> yeah, so to just clarify something here, Shrek Extra Large, that is the almost the deluxe version yep. of Shrek, which was put on to the GameCube. Uh, and so we say it's somewhat of an exclusive for the GameCube and actually does have the only four patch on it, I believe, mm-hmm. on the GameCube. Yep. Because it, Shrek Extra Large, even though it is just Shrek 1, it was only put on the GameCube. And for Xbox, they just got Shrek Right. And that's it with nothing uh, because that was released in, I think, May of 2001, which is when the movie was released. So Shrek Extra Large was released a year and a half Mm -hmm. after the movie, which is a bit of a weird move. It is, but it makes sense because TDK Media Active signed a five-year deal with DreamWorks to make Shrek games, and that was signed in 2001. Uh, they had the deal for between 2001 and 2006, so they wanted to get those games out quick. And like you said, the timing with the movie, it makes sense. The GameCube was not out yet, so they had to wait a little bit. Uh, they ended up making nine games between 2001 and 2003 uh, before eventually losing the rights uh, due to uh, Take-Two's acquisition of TDK in 2003. Mm. But they were able to make a lot of games nonetheless uh, in that time frame. So that's why the game came out early on Xbox. There was supposed to be a PlayStation 2 version of this game, but just because of the critical failure of this game, they decided to cut their losses at the GameCube and move on to uh, some other genres, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But commercially, mm. this game was actually pretty successful selling 1.2 yeah. million copies between the two consoles yeah oh yeah it was very successful in that sense and then shrek 2 which we'll talk about soon that sold uh, a little over 1 million as well mm-hmm. so like these were of course shrek was everywhere so these games did sell well uh one of the mean good and one of the mean bad and this is the bad one neil oh yeah uh because it is just uh, a load of hot garbage <laughs> let me let me tell you my god it is so janky yep. but i will say it is like it's pretty fun if you can get past the jank mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. i would say uh and there there is actually a bit of a speed running community uh in this game yep. there's also a video of uh, games done quick which is a great uh, channel that neil and i follow uh, where they they did do shrek extra large mm-hmm. and i believe they did it with the gamecube as well yep. they used the gamecube they didn't just play shrek one they did shrek extra large and uh it was pretty amazing to watch these guys <laughs> go through all of shrek extra large and basically bypass all the crap it was inspiring to see what they did with that <laughs> game like a, a completely yeah. broken game like from the go from the word go like this game barely works shrek yep. first of all can run like usain bolt for some reason <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Like, the speed of this game is unbelievable. It's like you're playing a Sonic game or something. Don't know what's going on there, but uh, the environments are all super bland. Like, the the fighting, uh, the combat in the game is just blocky, and, like, the character animations being killed or is weird. I don't really know how to how to describe it. The best way that I can describe this game is really unfinished. Like, it just, yep. it just feels like an unfinished game, and that's why the speedrunning community has been able to dissect it and break it apart so beautifully. Like, I, I watched that video, and it, it's pretty incredible. Like, if you're a Twitch streamer out there and you're looking for something to, to stream for fun, like, definitely check out Shrek on GameCube because it, it'll get you some views. It's What's crazy to me is, like you said, unfinished, but this is Shrek Extra Large, so this is, like, yeah. the deluxe version. This is the version that should have fixed all the bugs and everything, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason, they just, they didn't, they didn't care. I don't know. 
what DICE was, was up to for this one. Well, it uses the same engine as the original game. They didn't really change much of that, like the mechanics or the game engine. The graphics are all pretty much on par. The only thing that they really changed was the story, and they added new levels to Extra Large. So they didn't really fix any of the bugs that the, that the Xbox version had. They just kind of added on to, to the garbage pile. <laughs> yeah, they really did, which was yeah. unfortunate to see. But there are some kind of fun facts about this game. First of all, it's one of the first games ever to do to use deferred shading. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of complicated to what that means. But basically, it's just the way that the characters look. Uh, it's not that kind of traditional polygonal glossiness right. that the uh, a lot of these early 2000s games had, uh, especially late 90s games, I should say. Mm-hmm. It's more of a smoother, realistic texture. Mm-hmm. And you would see that later on with other games with deferred lighting as well. But this was the first commercial game to use it, which was pretty cool. And I think that the GTA series would be the one to popularize it, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Shrek was the first one to do it. I guess it was like the proving ground for it. But if you're really <laughs> into the tech specs of video games, then you would probably notice or appreciate something like that. As the player, you wouldn't notice much of a difference between this and any other licensed game, probably, uh, back in the day. Um, the character models themselves are very strange. Like when, when Shrek fights and when he jumps up and down and things, like he, he basically like He's like he's made of flubber, like you know that that Robin Williams movie. Like he kind yep, of yep. he stretches his body weight, shifts around in weird ways. It's like he's a giant water balloon. The way that he moves on screen and swings his arms around, like he's a stretchy, rubby rubber character, basically. And what's crazy is that Todd McFarlane, you know the the mm. renowned designer who did Spawn and so many other things. Uh, Todd McFarlane designed these characters. Yeah, and it says it on the box. I know, too. like it's it's advertised. For, and that that's what made me kind of cringe. I was like, why does this look so bad, though? I know. It's so sad. Like, the, this movie that's a box office smash and this this comic book artist who's also really big in his own uh, in his own alleys there with, like, Spider-Man and Spawn in this time. Like, he was a huge name in the late 90s, yeah. early 2000s. It, it really – it's almost like false advertising what this game ended up being. <laughs> Honestly. And, like – and even the plot itself. So the plot has nothing to do with the movie, really. No, it's it's a it basically carries – forward from the end of the first movie and it's like a continuation basically which is like it's just so strange i don't know it, i thought that was a weird way to do it but yeah shrek wakes up fiona is gone there's this wizard merlin mm-hmm. you know who tells <laughs> shrek to uh, get fiona back and you have to defeat this evil ice queen mm-hmm. and so you got to do these you know you got to do a bunch of good deeds to get back uh, right. uh at this ice queen and then eventually um shrek fights merlin that's the final boss in the end and when merlin dies I couldn't believe this. Like Merlin is this, you know, terrible voice acting for one, but it's just like, ah, you know, <laughs> uh, yelling at you the entire time. And then when he dies, he's like, oh, didn't see that coming. <laughs> just like, said just so straight as if they were going to like, OK, we'll say this, but then like, well, let's put some effects on it. Then they didn't. <laughs> then they didn't. <laughs> it just was like, it just like sounds like the voice actor's normal voice. Oh, like gosh. it's maybe some of the worst voice acting I've ever seen. Well- in a licensed game. Well, that's what was so disappointing for me with this game was that, first of all, the entire story is basically narrated from a like a, a female voice actress. She does a fine job. She's meant to be kind of like a... She like, sounds like the Duolingo person, like who's of. like telling you like like what languages to learn. Like <laughs> it was, I was like, this this seems feels automated. like you're getting on an airplane and like it's the voice telling you what to do in case of an emergency. Yeah. But uh, that's what took it out for me. It was like we we talk about Shrek being this infinitely quotable movie with incredible voice actors and talent and great scripts. This this game has almost no voice acting in it. Like Shrek himself yeah. barely talks, if at all. Donkey, yeah. like like Fiona, none of these characters have any of the dialogue that we love from the movies. So. 
it, it's too bad that like all of these characters are basically muted compared to what they were like in the films. We eventually see this improved quite a bit in Shrek 2, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. But you talked about how you, you don't want to see a developer you know go outside of the script for a movie tie-in. We talked about this back in our Lord of the Rings episode. And what I like mm-hmm. to see is a developer given the license to make the movie tie-ins say for shrek one and two and then they get to do their continuation of the story like we got with yes. lord of the rings the two towers and return of the king and then we get the third age like imagine getting a shrek turn-based rpg oh my god <laughs> oh my god <laughs> but you're absolutely right yeah like it, like give them the reins to do these games yes like do these movie games properly by the script uh, obviously yeah, yeah but like like follow the script in a sense and then deviate where you need to i think is the is the name of the game for that for sure mm-hmm. especially for a movie that has had a year and a half to come out at this point like yeah you know it's it's there's there's been time it's not like this was a a rush to development but um yeah uh, like lord of the rings does it perfectly they put out third age which is a great blend of the lord of the rings uh lord of the rings setting yeah you know that they just kind of take that setting and build on it and yeah that would be sweet with like building on the swamp built like yeah doing it really well in that sense but yeah in in shrek one there's a whole a whole load of problems like that. Another one is the fact that you have to hold L to run. Yeah. Which is just... It's like it's a dry... It's like it's need for speed. <laughs> yeah. Was this just like a driving sim that they like <laughs> forgot to map properly? Uh, I don't know. Like his... Yeah. Obviously you said his running is funny. Uh, the fart mechanic is basically the entire game. You just like burp or fart yeah. on people to kill them, which is whatever. But that's actually a huge key in the speed running community. Like how to skip yes. over parts is by burping and farting on characters. Yeah. <laughs> it's a way to skip over parts. So it ends up being useful, but yeah. And where's Lord Farquaad? You know, you yeah. have Merlin as like the the villain kind of like like you you don't build on the success of the movie by having the best villain Lord Farquaad in the game like that is like come on he gets eaten by the dragon at the end of the movie Mike he's dead I I know I know it just it's so silly like that yeah. they they chose to go this way and I, I'm not gonna fault the de- developer fully for that one because I'm sure someone up high was like let's do this like this is a good idea so unlike we've talked about with movie tie-in games they probably didn't have the script or the story until no. just before the game no, no was but developed, they but, but they did like this is extra large this is a year and a half after true. the mo- movies come out yeah it wasn't meant to be a complete remake of the shrek game though they just added on no. to it the extra levels and whatnot but it was a disappointment sad. but <laughs> let's move on to the next game uh, of the day mike which is uh less of a disappointment but uh before we do let's read the back of the case for shrek extra large sounds good all right but first victor Hit us with that sweet jingle. It's time to read what's on the back of the case. There's things written on the back of the case. Let's read them. And now we're reading the back of the case. The ogre is back, and he's extra large. It's time to bring your ogreish appetite and attitude as you play as everyone's favorite ogre, Trek. You will encounter the most twisted fairy tale characters and some amazingly potent power-ups as you travel through twisted fairy tale lands to save the lovely princess Fiona. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's about it. That's all we can say for Shrek Extra Large. But let's move on to our next game of the day, Mike, which is Shrek 2. But before we talk about the game, I think we have a caller joining us today. Why don't you let them on? That's right, Neil. Joining us today is friend of the show, finally friend of the show, Kirsten, who will be joining us to talk about Shrek 2. And our first question to you, Kirsten, is did you ever own a GameCube back in the day? Hi, Mike and Neil. Thanks for calling me a friend of the show. Finally made it. (laughs) (laughs) You made it. (laughs) I can die happy. Uh, (laughs) I never had a GameCube 
growing up, the only gaming system I had wasn't even really a console. Uh, but the only one that I owned was the DS. Yeah, it's a console. It's a it's a portable yeah. console. So I guess so. You did you? Uh, I would assume then you did not play Shrek on the DS. You played Shrek two on another console. Yes. Yeah. We so we did get the Xbox. Uh, that is a legitimate console, right. <laughs> but I yes. consider it a legitimate console. I don't really consider the handheld ones consoles. Sure, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. <laughs> that's an interesting take. I think I, I sometimes fall into that camp too, where it's like it's a handheld. If it doesn't hook up to a TV, does it really count? But that's a whole other can of worms that I don't want to upset that community right now. <laughs> but yes, uh, Shrek Two. That is what you played on the Xbox. Did you play this back in two thousand four when it was released? Probably. Uh, maybe like a year after it came out because mm-hmm. uh, we, our household, we never buy things full price. Good. <laughs> so we probably waited until it was on sale or something or m- my parents just stumbled across it at some point. But yeah, around around when it came out is when we played it. Uh, and by we, I mean me and my little sister. I mean, I'm sure this thing went on sale, you know, within months of it coming out. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> because for sure. And like every every licensed game at EB Games 2 was like 15 20 bucks the second someone traded it in you'd get like 25 <laughs> cents for it and then they sell it for $15. Like I don't know how many people bought these games for like 50 bucks or or 40 bucks whatever it was back in the day but yeah they definitely price dropped real fast and eventually got bundled in with with consoles and headphones and like random other things just to get them off the shelf. I would have loved a Shrek bundle. For a console, Ooh. <laughs> a nice, a nice green, a Game green with, GameCube with, with the, the little ears coming out would be absolutely fantastic. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> so I guess we'll uh, run through the stats of the game, and then we can get into talking to Kirsten about her memories of Shrek and uh, and Shrek Two. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. All right. So Shrek Two was released on April twenty eighth, two thousand and four. It's developed by Luxoflux, who also developed the True Crime games. It's published by Activision. It's also on PS two, Xbox, Game Boy Advance, not a real console, Windows, OS X, and mobile, also not a real console. Uh, rates a <laughs> seven or eight out of ten, approximately. Priced today at around twenty dollars. This is an action adventure movie tie in game. Yeah, and like just right there, the ratings for this game, 7 or 8 out of 10 for a, a licensed game, that definitely perked my ears mm-hmm. up when I first saw those ratings because, you know, usually licensed games are pretty lowly rated. You're lucky to get a 6 or 7 for most of these. But um, I was especially interested about Luxoflux, which was the developer, yeah, that worked on the true crime games. Kirsten, I don't know if you've ever heard of the, the true crime series, but basically it was a kind of GTA, like Grand Theft Auto clone. And you can kind of see it a little bit in Shrek 2, like where they took those assets. Yeah, I know. I've never heard of those games ever. (laughs) (laughs) I played one game. It was Shrek 2. (laughs) You have to be really in the weeds of this generation to know what true crime LA was. But uh, yeah, Luxoflux, they were acquired by Activision back in 2002. And then they were shut down by 2010. So uh, not to worry. We'll never see a game from them again. Well, I mean, we kind of got a game from them with Sleeping Dogs, which was kind of. basically completed by Luxoflux when they got shut down and when they were picked up by Square Enix. They're like, oh, this is this is a game already. Let's just put this out. Yeah, and that's, might as well. Uh, that's basically what happened. And yeah, mm-hmm. they, they clearly took a lot of assets and some of the gameplay uh, from True Crime for certain sections of Shrek 2. Specifically, I'm talking about, Kirsten, is the far, far away sections where you can basically beat people up in the streets. <laughs> Yeah, it's the goal of the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I couldn't believe like what I was like seeing when you're basically just going around beating random people up and then you uh, like I guess basically cops are after you. Like the cops of mm-hmm. of far, far away kinda kinda come after Shrek and, and his team. But yeah, to before I go too far into it, the basic idea of the game is you're on a team, there's four of you, I think it's Shrek, Fiona, 
uh, donkey, and I think you can change out your teams. I'm not sure, Kirsten. It has, so each world kind of, each chapter has their own four playable characters. Right. So it starts off with Shrek, Fiona, Donkey, and uh, I think Gingerbread Man. You know, the the next, the, the other massive character <laughs> in this franchise. He's, he's a clutch character in this game, I, I've got to say. You need him a lot. <laughs> yeah, what does he do? What's his, like, power? Oh, his special power is uh, throwing a cookie. Mm. And... <laughs> And you can use the you can use the cookie to throw targets and like I guess drop drawbridges or something. And then you can also throw the cookie to get like a swarm of like bees to not be a swarm and just <laughs> hang out near the cookie for a minute. That's funny. So, oh no, he throws his candy cane too. That's what he also oh, does. Nice. Okay, that's yeah. right because he he lost his leg in the or legs in the first movie, and then he's got like a little candy cane cane at the end of that one. That's a dark joke from that first movie. My God, not, not the gumdrop, but. <laughs> <laughs> you're a monster <laughs> there was a, another like a small um joke kind of in the first movie that i'd never seen before until i watched like fun facts about shrek you didn't know <laughs> so you know at the beginning of the movie uh farquad's men are kind of getting all of the fairy tale creatures together mm-hmm. and you see the mama bear the papa bear and the baby bear yeah and later on at um shrek's swamp you see the papa bear and the baby bear and then <laughs> And then you go to Farquaad's room, and then he has a freaking dead bear on his floor with a little boner head. Oh, so. my God. <laughs> <laughs> I never noticed that. Neither oh did I. Bear, yeah. That's dark stuff right there. It is. Oh, my God. <laughs> Honestly, that's, like, one of the reasons I did kind of like Shrek is, like, they definitely weren't afraid to push the envelope. Like, you would never see that in a Disney movie, right? Like, they, they, they just wanted to kind of see how far they could get with some of these jokes. Yeah, just some jokes that were like good for the parents and good for the kids. That's like the balance of a great kids film is when you can get, uh, you can target both of those audiences. That, but that's just, that's I don't know if that's funny or not, but like it's it's really good though. <laughs> just the fact that they did it, like they straight up killed a nursery rhyme character. That's really good. But yeah, there's a total of seven playable characters in this game, uh, other than Shrek, Donkey, and Fiona. Another one I want to point out is Lil Red, the Little Red Riding Hood character who has a pretty big role in this game. I think that's voiced mm-hmm. by uh, Tara Strong. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Was it? I thought it was Tinkerbell, uh, the fairy who did uh, Tara Strong. Yeah, she's also the... Okay, you're right. She's also the fairy. So she's both, yeah. So she's... Okay, um, ta- good, good. Because the fairy is kind of useless. <laughs> <laughs> she's only in one part. As soon as I was watching gameplay, I, I saw like Little Red's cutscene or whatever. And I'm like, that sounds like Timmy Turner. Must be Tara Strong. So <laughs> Toronto Zone popping her head up again. And uh, she's in a bunch of video games and cartoons that we've talked a ton about in this podcast already. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, what are your uh, what are some of your other memories of playing Shrek Two? Well, all of them were with playing with my sister until recently, because I knew I was going to be on this episode. Nico and I uh, played about halfway through and then got tired <laughs> and stopped. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so my sister and I would play, and the great thing about this game is that you can switch between the four players, which is kind of cool. So you can play. Four people can play the game, or you could do one person playing the game, switching between the four mm-hmm. players. So because Jillian is like five years younger than me, and so was pretty young when this game came out, um, whenever she was a character that needed to actually do work, <laughs> I just be like, Jillian, you got time to switch. <laughs> time to switch it up. <laughs> I need to be that character for a minute. <laughs> and she was on the ball. She was on it. She's like, okay, Kirsten, I'm switching. I'm ready. That's the sign um, of a good younger sibling is when they know when yeah. to pass up the controller to the older sibling. That's right. That's good. Yeah, she she always she always knew when it was time. 
uh, to do that. Uh, same with all of the hero times. If she was the character, so the hero times were like a part of the game where one character would just just do the the level, <laughs> I yeah. guess. So whenever it was a hero time, I'd be like, and she had the controller that because you couldn't switch at that point. I'm like, okay, throw me the controller, throw me the controller. <laughs> There's also, I, I saw sections of Hero Time where you're basically playing like DDR Guitar Hero style, like rhythm games. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I think, two sections. There's one where it's like Fiona's doing her singing thing to kill the bird. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's another one that is Puss in Boots and you're just trying to like kill Puss in Boots. But that Hero Time, every player is in it. Which is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. So, who is your, who is your main when you played this game? Like, other than when you and Jillian were swapping out controllers, is there like an overpowered character that you want to you want to pick? Uh, I don't think they're overpowered, but I always went with Donkey because I loved that burrow blast. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, he was my favorite. Did you notice back in the day when you were playing this, like that none of the voice actors lined up properly with the character, and that like they were all recast, like Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, Cameron Diaz. It was all new actors. Did you did that take it out of it for you, or did you not notice? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh man, I thought I thought Shrek's voice acting sounded really. Yeah, off, Shrek's like... was was like really off. Uh, but I mean, yeah. yeah, as a kid, you probably wouldn't notice that. To be fair, it's just us. Like mm-hmm. doing all like this, like hearing voice acting all the time and seeing Shrek so much, like we we would have noticed it. Yeah, I feel like I noticed that back in the day when 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 like video games came out and the characters weren't the same as the movies. But Fiona did fool me. I thought that was Cameron Diaz and even Donkey at certain points. He did have some good jokes. I actually liked the one liners in this game. Mm-hmm. I thought for a second it might have been Eddie Murphy, but I knew that like right away that's not Mike Myers. I don't know who that was <laughs> or, or what that accent is even supposed to be, but they they did their best and I thought it was actually pretty good the dialogue between the characters. It gets a little repetitive, but still like Shrek is all about the quotes and th- this game does a pretty good job of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No dead mama bears though. Jeez, what happened to that <laughs> side joke? That would have been awesome. <laughs> And so in terms of just Shrek to, you know, the the movie, uh, we talked about this a little mm-hmm. bit earlier on the show, but uh, I personally love Shrek 2. I think it's maybe even better than the second or than the first one. I found online a Shrek 2 drinking game, uh, which Ooh. does exist. I'm sure there's a drinking game for everything. But yep. <laughs> uh, Shrek 2 drinking game, if anyone says ogre, you drink. <laughs> if anyone says charming, drink. Uh, if there's any kind of movie reference... <laughs> take a drink uh if there's a bodily function joke drink uh every time donkey sings drink oh and gosh. if a pop song begins drink you get wasted <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man that's too much that's too much i would be dead after like two seconds of that movie then right. <laughs> yeah kirsten what was your memories of these movies back in the day did you see them all because like there's like 10 shrek movies now i think that like the first two are the like the the purists would say that the first two are the best but uh have you seen all of them i've seen uh the four main ones so shrek one shrek two shrek the third and shrek forever after and i have not seen any of the specials spinoffs yeah (laughs) they're making a they're making a fifth one apparently that's rumored to be coming out i heard that was canceled oh yeah well it was canceled and then they're now and they're not sure what they're doing and there's also puss in boots 2 which is coming out i did see that 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 does not look half bad. <laughs> that looks watchable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they made a Puss in Boots movie. I didn't see the first one. I don't. Even, I barely remember that one coming out. I saw Shrek Four in theaters, and I was like, "I'm, I'm done." <laughs> I did not like Shrek Four. No, no, I don't think anyone did. No. I think there's a reason. People liked Shrek Four a lot better than Shrek Three. Huh. Um, I don't remember anything about Shrek Three. <laughs> uh, it was basically the one where they went to the high school to get. Uh, 
King Arthur, but he's like a weird Yeah, Justin teenager. Timberlake is, uh, yeah. is King Arthur, right? Yeah. See, <laughs> and I, then they I, had the ogre babies. Yes. Yes. The ogre babies. That, was, that, that was a very weird fever dream of a, of a movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I remember seeing it, but I have no memory of where I saw it or like who I saw it with. Like I can't remember if it was in theaters or like on a school trip or something. It's in my brain. I've seen it. I just don't know where. I remember seeing Shrek 4 on a date. That was great. Uh, but Shrek, <laughs> Shrek 1 and 2 are where it's at for sure. Oh, of course. How'd that date go, Neil? <laughs> We're not together anymore, so <laughs> real good. <Hello. laughs> now, now for, for Shrek 2, for the game, back to the game, what, what, uh, what makes this game stand out in your mind like why do you still remember this game basically oh it's shrek <laughs> uh that's, i don't know that's what it should say on the box it's shrek <laughs> yeah, it's shrek you don't need to know any of other information just play it shrek. ign seven out of ten um i can't I, I don't know what made me remember i think the levels were pretty memorable uh at least like the hero time ones like i remember specific ones like donkey riding dragon chasing after the like onion carriage thing yeah. <laughs> um i remember like you said shrek just beating up people in far far away <laughs> uh i remember getting stuck in far far away actually for like mm. a long time because i don't like reading in video games and mm. once you beat all the levels or the like little things in far far away you just have to talk to the king guy and he's like all right you can move on <laughs> my sister and i were stuck because we never like talked to him or like read all the way through and said like yes i want to continue we we're just like oh man that's kind <laughs> we were of strange. stuck there for a long time that's kind of strange for a game like this like th this game is very similar to a lot of other licensed tie-ins at the time like playing as four characters on screen kind of a 3d brawler uh sort of like the Teen Titans game that we talked about a while ago, mm -hmm. or Fantastic Four, uh, very similar. Even a Lego game to a point, but usually... Even X-Men Legends, X too. X-Men Legends, yeah. Usually in these types of games, though, like once you've defeated every enemy on screen or you find whatever piece of a machine you're supposed to be building, like once you find that thing or finish that task, the level automatically ends and takes you to the next part. It's pretty rare for it to like make you figure out you have to go talk to somebody to move on to the cutscene and the next level uh, because it's not super intuitive. Like that is not great game design for a game that at the end of the day is for children. Sorry, Kirsten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I don't think any of the other levels in this game did that. So it was, no. it was kind of, it was weird. So we spent a long time and then I think it was, I want to say like at least a month and we just keep going back to it. <laughs> We'd play for like a couple minutes and we're like, yeah, we don't know what to do. And then finally one time we got it and we're like, oh geez, we got there. And then, and then maybe we beat, we beat the game within a couple more days. I love how it's like kind of like pre-internet in a way there too, where you and your sister were like, well, we can't figure it out. Okay, let's just leave it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, there, there's no good resource. No, like GameFAQs at the time would be reviewing like how to get through Zelda or, or GTA at the time. Like no one's like, oh yeah, Shock yeah. 2 needs a walkthrough. Like they would figure the game practically plays itself. And it's kind of sad when you see games like that, that like you get stuck on as a kid and then you watch a YouTube playthrough and from start to finish, the video is three hours. And it's like, man, this game took me weeks to be, to be this yeah. kid. <laughs> and you got stuck like 20 minutes yeah. in. Like you realize that it wasn't even that far in. Such a, <laughs> like, oh, such no. a blow to your childhood ego seeing those videos oh for sure i think yeah. we went back uh, in high school and we played it and we finished it in a day and we just were bummed <laughs> <laughs> this game was massive 10 years ago it does actually have a lot of replayability though like and yeah. with the co-op the co-op is really what makes this game a lot of fun mm -hmm. i think 
playing this by yourself is definitely not as fun as it would be playing it with a friend just because it is really zany for one like all the lines and everything and the and the setting and and you know the fact that you can beat people up all the time but also just it's an enjoyable co-op game in in terms of solving puzzles and trying to you know move on as the levels progress and it's not you know super broken mm-hmm. uh gameplay wise which is a big plus for a licensed game at this time like most of them playing them today uh, the camera controls are really bad, like everything's really slow, but this game, I guess from what I've seen and what I've heard from you now, Kirsten, is it's, it's, you can still play it today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it does get uh, repetitive in terms of mm. each level. Like you're kind of doing the same stuff um, after a while. It's just like a new sort of playground in each, each one, but it's still just getting through doing the same thing over sure. and over again. But That's video games in a nutshell. Yeah, <laughs> but what they do to keep it fresh is the fact that it's four different playable characters in each one, which is kind of is fun and different, slightly different puzzles. But yeah. um, that's probably what keeps it fresh for each each chapter um, enough so that you don't get bored in completing the game completely. But you wouldn't really want to play it again a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure that's what a lot of people did. They beat it and then they traded it in. But yeah, if this was only like a four-player game that you could only play as Shrek, Donkey, Fiona, and Jinji, like I think that it would be like play it once, get rid of it. But since you can play it with so many different characters, it just adds a little bit more replayability to it. It it, it just improves on Shrek 1 so much too is another thing. Like yes. Mike and I just talked about Shrek 1 being basically a dumpster fire of a licensed tie-in game. Uh, th- this one improves on everything. Like the graphics are a little bit better. All the characters talk, which is nice. Uh, the controls actually work and the music is so much better. It doesn't make you want to like kill yourself. Like the music in this game <laughs> is actually pretty good. Like I was yeah, watching gameplay and I was like, oh, this kind of goes from like like a fantasy orchestra kind of music to like disco to rock, depending on what you're doing. Like it's very, like it changes depending on the scene, which is really cool as opposed to just being the same like repetitive baseline over and over again while you're running through this horribly rendered swamp. It's nice to see that they improved on it with, uh, with Shrek 2. Yeah, no, honestly. And last thing I want to bring up is uh, well, to tie back to your point there, like big props to Luxoflux, the developer, for actually, you know, trying on this title and doing a, a quite a good job. But um, uh, I did talk about the GTA factor. And yes, uh, for everyone listening, you can get stars, like put like police stars uh, for beating people up. You can go up to three stars, I think, Kirsten, uh, when you're in the town square and uh, when cops will chase you. I, I don't know. I didn't really beat too many people up <laughs> yeah, that's that's all i would do in this game for sure is because you can not only beat people up but you can also trash uh storefronts you can yeah. uh, uh smash the the street uh, street lights <laughs> like all the environments are destructible which is really really cool you can also throw food uh at people and it's yeah it's a good time yeah but when you did that the the fat like night guy would come and beat you up and that was just annoying i, I didn't want to do that <laughs> I was trying. I was trying to get past this level, Mike. Like, I didn't, yeah. I didn't want to be stuck here. I play Shrek as an open world. Game. <laughs> That'd be so cool if it was like a Simpsons hit and run deal going on, where you could travel between like far, far away to the swamp to like even go back to Farquad's village. Like an open world Shrek game would be so sick. <laughs> you can tell they kind of tried with this, though, right? Because yeah. like that is true. Like you can go to all these locales, but it's not as yeah, it's not as fully integrated no. as like Hit and Run or something. But there was the the idea of it for sure. Let's do a DreamWorks universe thing where they bring in ants and How to Train Your Dragon and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, make it a giant crossover. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Kung Fu Panda. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, Kung Fu Panda. I always forget about that one. Yeah, that's yeah. DreamWorks. You remembered ants, but you don't remember Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, ants is a great movie. No, no. 
No, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, what's better, Bugs Life or Ants? Oh, Bugs Life, easily. Yeah, I don't know. I just we're, I was talking to Neil and his favorite friggin' Pixar movies, Bugs Life, and I'm just like, yeah. why? <laughs> <laughs> I like it when people are compared to insects. It makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> is is Bugs Life the one with where Putty is in it, Neil, or is that Ants? Uh, Putty, David. P- well, no, Sylvester Stallone is in Ants. Okay, so I think I think Putty is in in Bugs Life as a minor character. He is. Yeah, I think so. I'm ninety ninety percent sure. Is David Putty in a? Tr- uh, we'll have okay. to look that up. Yeah, we'll, all right. We'll, we'll table that, that. We'll table that. <laughs> all right. All but right. Uh, but for now, uh, Kirsten, are there any more fun facts or memories that you want to bring up about Shrek Two the game before we let you go? Um, not about Shrek Two the game, about Shrek in general. Sure. Yeah. Because Nico told me he'd get really mad at me if uh, I didn't bring this up. You know, it was based off a book. Uh, mm-hmm. Shrek could have breathed fire, which I think oh was an opportunity missed. <laughs> yes, huge opportunity missed. <laughs> Another thing that could have happened, which I'm sincerely glad it didn't, was Shrek could have been living with his parents in a really awesome. disgusting, <laughs> rotting fish smell, uh, rotting fish filled room. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one, which is probably the most famous one, was that um, Mike Myers did a Canadian accent for a lot of Shrek. Yes. And I just, I was just imagining it. And I just imagining, you know, lines in my head as a, like, as a Canadian. And I just was just dying. Yeah. Like, you know, what are you doing in my swamp theory, bud? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like oh, poser Shrek. <laughs> that would just, it's just the dream. And now I kind of, I kind of want it. I want that to be real. Someone <laughs> needs to dub that. Someone really does. O- ogres are like onions, dude, eh? Yeah. <laughs> who would they get? Letter Kenny, who would they get to do that? Yeah, well, you get Bob and Doug McKenzie to play yeah, Shrek yeah. and Donkey. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so good. Well, those are some great fun facts, uh, and I did not know those, so thank you very much, Kirsten, for coming on, blessing us with these fun facts and memories of Shrek and Shrek 2, the game. And thanks for having me and giving me the official title of friend of the show. Of course. And, and of we'll course be having it. you back on again real soon, hopefully to talk about some uh, Pixar games so we can uh, we can hash out why Bugs Life is the best, best Pixar movie ever made. <laughs> That's a funny joke, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the best, but it is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you later, Kirsten. Bye. What a nice young lady. What a nice young lady. Thank you very much, friend of the show, Kirsten, for coming on today, talking about your memories of Shrek, Shrek 2, and just some fun facts, obviously. And yeah, that's, uh, I, I would, I would really like to pick this game up and play a co-op. Um, we should do that maybe on the, uh, on the extra live stream, Neil. Yeah, we should. That would be a lot of fun. It would only take three hours, so we could play it like eight times, Mike, if we really wanted to. I heard the replayability is great. But oh, that's what I've I mean, heard. <laughs> I would honestly, I would spend a lot of my time just smashing up Far, Far Away. Because, yeah. first of all, why is Far, Far Away, like, why are there so many criminals there? Like, there's a there's a mission where you're you're helping Cinderella shop, basically. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and, and she's constantly getting mugged by people, and you're trying to, like, <laughs> stop these muggers. Like, Far, Far Away has descended into chaos. Well, that was one of the best parts of the movie, Shrek 2, is, like, that kind of cop's uh, scene that they had where like yeah. Shrek and Donkey were they were like a <laughs> like a police chase basically and far far away and the the cops were dressed as knights and they like put pep like literally ground pepper in their eyes instead of pepper spray so they made far far away seem like it was basically like L A which is really funny that they took the true crime L A right? developers to make basically the the fairy tale L A video game it, it's really neat I would love to see what these guys could do and make like a gritty open world like twenty twenty two Shrek GTA game that'd be hilarious. 
but uh, I don't think that that's ever going to happen anytime soon. I've done some research, Mike, and uh, Patrick Warburton, not credited on Ants or uh, A Bug's Life, okay, so I, I don't trying. know what the two of you were talking about. He is in the B movie, the uh, the Jerry Seinfeld movie, so that might be what you guys were thinking. Uh, maybe, yeah, like like insects, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's where I was thinking with that. But yeah, he's not in Ants or A Bug's Life. Yeah, well, uh, we'll have Kirsten back for you two to debate on where. Bugs Life should fall in the annals of uh, of history for the Pixar franchises. But until then, let's read the back of the case, Neil, for Shrek 2. All right, sounds good. The Shrek 2 adventure continues with all new characters and far out locations never seen before. Play is a team of four. Play as a team of four through a variety of twisted journeys. Switch between Shrek and nine of his pals, each with their own powers. Test your skills in mini-quests created for each character. Interact with totally new characters and locations. I love on the back, one of the screenshots of the game is, I guess it's supposed to be the gingerbread man, but it's a, like a chalk outline, like he's been like he's been killed. <laughs> That's really good. And it's just Shrek and Donkey standing over it like they're like a special investigations unit or something <laughs> oh my god that's actually really funny that's incredibly dark i love it but uh yeah let's move on to the next game of the day sounds good shrek super slam was released on october 25th 2005 developed by shaba games published again by activision this game is also on ps2 xbox nintendo ds microsoft windows and the game boy advance rates a 7 out of 10 priced today at around 30 dollars and this is a fighting game Similar to like a Smash Bros. game, but more in the 3D space as opposed to a 2D brawler. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. And I mean, this is actually one of the few Smash clones that we we got from uh, mm-hmm. from licensed games at this time. I figured we would have had a lot more for the GameCube that I just didn't hear about. I, I would have thought so too. It's funny that we didn't see more clones. I think of this one being kind of like the Godzilla destroys all monsters, but this game is actually far more broken than uh, than the Godzilla <laughs> game, uh, which opens it up to a very interesting online community these days. Um, mm-hmm. But Shrek had to dip its toes into all of these genres, of course. We're in the 2000s, so we've had our two basically action-adventure multiplayer games. We've already had our party game, which we've talked about. Now we need to get our fighting game, of course, so we can see all of these characters fight on screen, even ones that weren't even introduced in the films yet. This game features 20 characters that are playable fighters, all from Shrek 1 and 2, as well as characters that would be featured in the 2011 film Puss in Boots, like Quasimodo's here, Little Red Riding Hood, but there's also, of course, Shrek, uh, Donkey, Fiona, you got Gingy, uh, Genome, Wolf, Humpty Dumpty, Pinocchio, Prince Charming, just so many characters in this game. Uh, so Mike, how does this game for you compare to a Smash Bros game? <laughs> well, for me, I mean, it's, uh, well, for one, it actually compares in the way that it has a quite a big competitive scene yes. still. Uh, which is the first thing kind of I was thinking of because, uh, you know, you know, Smash players, they're always looking for the, the next thing to talk about, the next thing to try, whether it's good or not. And then you'll always have people who kind of stick around in that community. And Shrek Super Slam definitely has this this uh, this sort of community. You know, the first thing I thought of when I was looking at this was also a bit of Mortal Kombat style with that mm-hmm. arena. OK. Um, and just how, you know, you are in that 3D space. So I think if if someone to, were to was thinking like you know should I pick this up if you like the Mortal Kombat style games Soul Calibur if you like uh, Super Smash Bros this game you know might be fun to pick up and try at least uh, I know uh, the online community does exist of course through Dolphin and through emulators like that but uh, yeah this <laughs> this game is also pretty funny because you can the environment does destroy. Uh, on impact a lot too so i do like that the environment is uh you know is is part of the game Mm -hmm. uh and there is also a 
tier list, an official Shrek Super Slam tier list, Neil, which I oh could not believe. Yeah. Interesting. So who, who's at the top of that tier list, Mike? At SS uh, is Little Red, Little Red Riding Hood, but and she's banned. She is banned from oh, competitions because no. she is so good. Oh, no. She is way, she is too strong, oh. uh, for sure. And uh, <laughs> there's the the Gingerbread Man, uh, Gingy. He's he's S tier as well. Fiona uh, and the one of Donkey's kids. The 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 I don't know. Donkey is the name, which I didn't even know that that's what you call them. But I guess it's because it's dragon and donkey uh, mixed. Yeah, I learned yeah, that this Donkey's. Donkey's also S tier. There's quite a few S and A tiers here, but some of the C tiers are unfortunately Donkey uh, and Puss in Boots. No, they no. fall into the C tier, so you don't want to pick Donkey or Puss in Boots. You want to try and pick Little Red. If she's banned in your community, you go with Gingy. She's banned in your community. That's too bad. I I I feel sorry for Puss in Boots. I feel like he would have been a good like a Link kind of character, but because uh, he's nimble, he's he's got the sword and everything. And, uh, and Little Red is banned. You might be asking, why is she banned? Well, mm. she's banned because she has multiple infinites, a projectile that stuns <laughs> the opponent, great mobility, and a good slam. Uh, uh, if she was allowed, everyone would main her, and the game would just turn into Little Red Riding Hood versus Little Red Riding Hood. Okay. Well, that that's too bad. And if you're listening to this segment right now, you might be asking yourself, why does all of this matter? Why is there an S tier? Why are we so bent out of shape about the ability of Little Red in a, in a, in a fighting game that has been dead since 2004? I'm here to tell you today that this game is not dead. There's actually an active competitive scene for Shrek Super Slam in 2022, and it actually saw a little bit of a resurgence in 2020 due to the pandemic and the fact that mm-hmm. this game is basically entirely an online fighting community and has been since 2014 when the game was rediscovered. It basically started as a meme in 2014 where a <laughs> subreddit was created uh, to to basically bash this game and how terrible it was and and you know how broken it is and eventually you know this this evolved to the point where a user by the name of Snowman Eater started giving actual advice on how to make and how to get better at this game and the group slowly grew into a real yeah. online fighting community mostly in the U S and the U K. Uh, the, the players eventually found out that they could uh, they could increase their movement speed by shield canceling, uh, which removed impa- input lag to make the characters move more quickly. There was shield blocking, uh, which was eventually coined as crumpet dashing, uh, a lightning fast air dash to close the distance on opponents. Just reading about this, I felt like I was reading about melee. <laughs> it, it honestly feels like that, right? Like yeah. it's it's crazy. Like the the community around this does exist. Uh, it'll be interesting where it goes in the future it's it's kind of funny that dreamworks hasn't tried to revive this at all but i think you know a lot of it's due to the fact that dreamworks has not even tried to revive shrek very much at all anyways but who knows if shrek 5 comes out and it's successful they might do super slam 2 uh, or something like that because yeah it's an active community there is a shrek discord uh for for this game specifically so yeah it's a uh, that's definitely the most interesting part about uh, about this game yeah when i was doing research for it i heard that there's an online competitive scene and i was like excuse me um and you're right there is a shrek super slam reddit subreddit and it currently has 2300 active members and when i checked it like someone had just posted so there nice, are still nice. players who fight against each other, and this is basically like their little Smash community. Like a, like like melee. If melee is like the outcasts of the uh, of the fighting community, this is the outcast of the outcasts in the fighting <laughs> community. It's just going to keep going down and down from there. And I'm sure someday we're going to see that Nickelodeon brawl game appear on a subreddit, and it'll be a competitive scene at some point. It's basically the fighting games that aren't trying to be competitive fighting games that seem to find these communities of people. 
It's so funny that way. It's so funny. Yeah. And of course, there is a great announcer in this game too, John Cassier, yep. I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, and listeners may know him as the Crypt Keeper in Tales of the Crypt, Neil. Yeah, I was really impressed with the the commentator in this game. And I, I always try and find out who who is this person because yeah. they always make these fighting games, these sports games, sometimes racing games. I love announcers in video games. And I was like, who is this man? And uh, yeah, Tales from the Crypt, the the Crypt Keeper himself is uh, is the voice actor in Shrek Super Slam. Really, really weird fact there. Yep, I love that. Yeah, there's not too much replayability in this game, though. Unfortunately, there's only three game modes, which would be a good reason for DreamWorks to revisit this uh, this format. There's melee, which is the classic melee mode. King of the Hill, where the uh, objective is to stay atop of the hill the longest. And then there's Slamageddon, where each single attack counts as a slam. Uh, that's kind of the whole point of this game is that you fill up your slam meter, basically like a final smash in Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. Once you build up your slam meter, you unleash it on whoever you're fighting against, and that's how you win. So, yeah, not too much more to say about Shrek Super Slam. So uh, I think it's time that we move on to the final game of the day, Mike. What do you think? Let's do it. All right. But first, let's hit the back of the case of Shrek Super Slam. Shrek Super Slam, grab your friends and have a brawl. Grapple as one of 20 hilarious characters, smash through 16 fully destructible environments, slam it out with up to four players in free-for-all melee, battle with each character's signature fighting move. And if you're not interested in the online community for this game, I will tell you it's basically broken, so unless you're really interested in getting good at it, I would avoid I would avoid it at all costs. But let's move on to the last game of our day, which is Shrek Smash and Crash, which was released on November 21st, 2006. This was developed by Taurus Games, published once again by Activision. It's also on Game Boy Advance, DS, PlayStation 2, and PSP. Rates a 6 out of 10, priced today at around $30. And this is our beloved genre, the kart racer, Mike. And this is also the last Shrek game to be released on GameCube, making it the Twilight Princess of the Shrek games. Yes, I'd like to think that. This is the Twilight Princess of it. And if it's, and it's if Twilight Princess had its own racer because, uh, yeah, this is a classic racing game. I mean, it is Mario Kart through and through for sure. Yep. In almost every way, it is like the biggest clone I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, the barrels, you have these, you know, these old style barrels that are your items. Uh, there are six players that can play it at one time. Well, six racers, I should say, that four players can, of course, play. A mm-hmm. um, bunch of t- uh, people to choose from. Most of the people that we talked about in the last episodes. Uh, I think the Executioner, who wasn't in the other ones, is in this one. Yeah, Thelonious. Um, yeah. Thelonious, yeah. So I was, I was <laughs> real happy to see him make an appearance here. And um, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a crazy time, but I could see you know, 10 year old Mike really enjoying this game if I played it. Oh yeah, definitely. Like it's a kart racer. Like we, we, we will admit it's not a good kart racer compared to something Mm -hmm. like a Mario Kart, but really like your options in this era were very slim. So, and at this point, Mario Kart Double Dash had been out for a couple of years, I suppose. So you might've been looking for something to play and and it's a competent racer. Like it's not great by any stretch of the, any stretch of the imagination, but it's creative and the courses are actually pretty well designed. They are like they're like they there's some secrets in there too like yep. Mario Kart Double Dash did like there's a lot of um a lot of layers to each one like, like an they, onion. they put a yeah, <laughs> like an onion <laughs> like they put a lot of effort into making these courses feel like the Shrek universe and I think they did probably the best job they could have done mm-hmm. with the resources they were given and this was Taurus Games developing this uh, and and you know just to bring that into light uh. That's now six different developers yeah. who worked on five different Shrek games for for the GameCube, mm-hmm. and that's not a great look. Like it would be, it would have been much nicer if we just had, you know, one person like Luxoflux like yeah. handling all the Shrek games. 
that would be nice. Of course, Lux of Lux is probably like, we have better things to do. So <laughs> we're going to you know work on those instead. But yeah, it's kind of too bad. Well, I think that the developers did have some cross-pollination there. Like I, I look at the, sure. the character models, like Donkey looks pretty consistent between all of the games and even Shrek does too unfortunately in some cases but uh like i look at the characters from game to game and there is like a cohesiveness to them like it doesn't look like that one studio completely threw out everything and then another studio had to pick up the pieces and start from scratch every time so that helps a little bit even the voice actors all sounded the same even though they're not the characters from the movie at least they kept it consistent with the game characters like it wasn't like shrek changed with every game which is good that's a good point. Yeah. This game even started with some movie footage, which I thought was kind of interesting. It's like this high-octane video clips from the movies, which is basically a collection of every time a character is riding something. And that's how they make this opening race scene. <laughs> yeah, these those those opening clips were scary because they were like, you know, they're, they're not the movie necessarily. They're just like mm. procedurally generated um yeah like computer graphics for the movie. And it, it, it really is does not a good look. Everything looks like weirdly crisp when it's not yeah uh the character's eyes don't move properly uh their body it's just like it, it feels like ai just just created this entire cutscene. yeah i can see what they were going for though like i get it uh it, it's kind of cool to see movie footage in games like i we, we've talked about like on lord of the rings they did it and they use like real movie footage from those games too but the game does do a pretty good job of trying to explain why these characters are racing or at least makes an attempt at doing that which is something that mario kart has never done um, yeah, it, it does yeah. have that one cutscene to explain. All right, this is why they're racing, which I guess is is needed. I mean, Diddy Kong Racing and Crash Team Racing did a better job of it, but that that kind of brings me to one improvement that I think that this game could have had would have been if you had control over what cart you were racing with, which is what I loved in Double Dash, where this one the character is set with the cart that they use, and that's it. Uh, I don't think that like you can put Shrek with with Dragon or anything. Um, mm-hmm. Like Donkey goes with Dragon, Shrek has his Swamp Beast, Puss in Boots is riding a bull for some reason. Uh, Pinocchio has his puppet horse, which I really love. Uh, Little Red Riding Hood is riding the Big Bad Wolf, which I think is hilarious. So they all have like really creative carts, but it would have been neat to like do some more customization. Yes, I yeah, 100% agree. It would have like clearly just they didn't have the budget to go too deep into this. And no, that's okay. I mean, it, they, they brought again, they probably did the best they could have done here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is very early, early 2000s. So like if you just if you just go by that yeah. <laughs> and to kind of forget that this game, like playing this game today would be rough, but playing this game back in the day definitely would be a lot of fun. And I think definitely everyone would have somewhat enjoyment or somewhat of uh, an enjoyment of this game, mm-hmm. considering that they would be playing as some classic characters from the Shrek, Shrek universes. So. Yeah. And like, it, it looks okay. Like I will give it that. Like the, yeah. the environments all look fine. The characters all look cool. I, I will say, though, that, like, this isn't an early 2000s game. This is a mid-2000s game now. It's 2000s. That's true. It is 2006. 2006. Yeah. yeah. Like, we're, we're looking at two years, three years after Mario Kart Double Dash was developed and released. Like, this game looks like it's earlier than Double Dash. So, I'm always... <laughs> yeah, this does not look as good as Double Dash. No, no, not, not even close. And it didn't have the budget, obviously. But it just, it just goes back to my point again, where it's, I can't believe how few developers have been able to even come close to emulating a Mario Kart racer other than Diddy Kong Racing and Crash Team Racing. I really don't think anything has come even remotely close to Mario Kart quality. And it's really, it's one of the biggest questions I have in game development. Like, why is it that hard to make something as good as Mario Kart? I mean, it's the same thing with uh, Super Slam, you know, with, with yeah. creating a brawler, like creating another Smash. It's uh, It seems to be this elusive thing that everyone tries, mm-hmm. but uh, can never really get to that point. And I think the big thing is that a lot of these games end up being licensed games. You know, we're going to get a Disney kart racer soon, I think uh, later this year. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it'll be okay at best, but 
the the issue is is like you're not really putting this game out to win awards. You're not putting no. it out to to be anything else other than just a standard kart racer that's using the formula that kids know from the Mario Kart and or, or Super Smash Bros. World, and just use it to make sales. Honestly, mm-hmm. yeah, but I'm not looking for like a game of the year kart racer either. Like I just want something that I can suggest playing with friends or with my my sister or my girlfriend instead of Mario Kart, and and actually think that we're gonna have a good time. But like. We get, we get these kart racers every so often. Like, we get a Garfield kart racer or a Hello Kitty kart racer or a Nickelodeon kart racer, and they're never good. Like, no. I never want to play them for more than one lap and then just be like, all right, <laughs> back to Mario Kart it is, I guess. Like, I, I hate to, like, have this, like, the Sonic cycle that we see, like, how we have this anticipation for, like, gosh, it's a new kart racer. Is it going to be the Mario Kart killer? And, like, no is the answer every single time from a yep. mile away, no pun intended. You can tell that it's not going to have anything that Mario Kart doesn't have. This game does have one thing, though, that Mario Kart doesn't have that I would like to see Mario Kart have, and that's a melee button. If you drive close yes. enough to another kart racer, you can hit the other character, and I love that idea in a Mario Kart racer. I would, I, they're never going to do it, but it would be so cool. We kind of had it with Double Dash. That's the closest we got, yep. where your partner, whoever was sitting in the back, could actually hit people mm-hmm. you know, by, by clicking LRR. So that was a huge bonus for double dash and yeah it was never brought back which i always was upset about i guess it's just the they don't want the violence the characters hitting each other but like a game like cell damage which is a really good gamecube game like something like that where it's like oh that's over the top hitting the other character but i love having just like the little bump when someone's too close to you or even stealing an item uh really cool there and that's another thing about this game too is that the items are super generic like you have basically your green shell your banana and your speed boost and that's pretty much it the items other than that are fairly useless and not super creative or inventive no again it is very much just a mario kart clone that does everything okay mm-hmm. um but yeah yeah and it's and uh it has a terrible title i just want to say that because <laughs> smash and crash sound always for me i was like which one is the brawler is it yeah is it super slam or is it smash and crash yeah i know i even got that confused too making the notes for this i'm like all right i gotta keep yeah. i gotta keep this straight like the party game is 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 okay but the spinoffs here super slam smash and crash we're also in an era where smash bros and crash bandicoot are still big so shrek smash and crash was a terrible subtitle for this game um mm-hmm. didn't yeah. help it in sales i don't think that this game sold super well but uh Nevertheless, it is a game that exists um, and not one that I'll probably be picking up, but that's for a later conversation. Mike, let's read the back of the case for Shrek Smash and Crash and move on to our closing thoughts. Hang on for the ride of your life. Play as your favorite Shrek character as you smash and crash through the Shrek universe. Very nice. 12 mounts for addictive racing action. Race across 12 fairy tale locations. Magical pickups to even the odds. School your friends in multiplayer. And each of those 12 fairy tale locations are, of course, mirrored as well. So there's technically 24 tracks if you want to do a mirror mode. We're a big fan of mirror mode here on this podcast. We love it. We love it. And of course, they call them mounts instead of cars or carts mm-hmm. because this is in the olden times and there's no, there are no uh, actual cars. So yeah, everyone's on things that are resembling horses basically yeah horses or fairy tale things which is a very clever idea i like stuff like that it kind of that's what bothers me most about the sonic racing games it's like why are these guys in cars (laughs) yeah i know aren't they faster than the cars but that's that's a whole other thing we talked about that already mike are there any games that we talked about today that you or you would recommend the listeners pick up i think if you want to have a just a, a good time with a buddy play some some fun co-op games i think shrek 2 is not a bad pickup i think 
it definitely has its issues today. There's it's it's not a great game by any means, but it's a good game. Mm-hmm. And I think for a licensed game made by Luxoflux, where you can go around and fight people all the time in 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 the town square for far far away and do some fun missions too and some puzzles, I think Shrek Two is a pretty good co-op game if you can pick it up for a good price. I think that's a good recommendation. Also. On top of the fact that it's a good price, it's also available pretty much everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see it all the time. I although I hate that cover. The cover for Shrek Two sucks because it's yeah. just Shrek, like just zoomed in almost. It's like there's so many cool characters in here. Why didn't you put them in? Yeah, I think that they were trying to go with the. Um, was that the Shrek Two box art for the film? No, it wasn't. Yeah. They did they still have the? I'm trying to picture the Shrek. Oh no, the Shrek Two box movie. art for the film is what we're gonna use for this, uh, this episode. For, uh, this episode's thumbnail, which is them kind of crowded around like a blue sky. Almost. Thank you. Yes. Okay, I can picture it. Yeah, like yeah. like something like that would be so much better. Yeah, the box yeah. Art, the box art's not perfect, but it is a good licensed game. Like it's not unplayable like Shrek One, and and I see this from time to time on Twitter or on Facebook, and it's always people bashing uh, licensed games and how you know why are there no good licensed games? It's like no, there are. <laughs> like you just you just, just have, have to, to look for them. You just have to look for them. Like we talk all the time about some of our favorite licensed games being Spider Man and James Bond, and and I'm enjoying the King Kong game right now and Shrek Two. Like there's fun games in these licensed game pile. Like it's just that there's so many bad ones. And I don't think that Shrek transitioned super well into the Wii generation. There are yeah. a lot of uh, other Shrek games out there. We've only talked about five on this podcast. There are a total of 14 Shrek video games in total between 2001 and 2011. Most of them fall into the Shrek Super Slam and the Shrek uh, 1 category, unfortunately. Uh, but there are good ones out there. And I think that Shrek 2 is probably the Shrek game to pick up from the 14. Uh, but Mike, where do you see the future of Shrek games going forward? Do you think that we'll see another Shrek standalone game in the future? I don't know. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. I would say no, and I don't think we'll get a Shrek collection anytime soon, no. which is kind of unfortunate. Honestly, the, uh, I'm going to say that we're going to see a Shrek racing game really? before we see anything else. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not saying like we're going to see it soon, <laughs> but, uh, but I think I could see them going back to this formula and putting out a quick kart racer mm. just because that seems to be the thing that a lot of licensed studios are doing right now. Yeah. Uh, and just to kind of make a quick buck. And I think they could easily do that with Shrek Smash and Crash Racing. They could totally put this out as, you know, make a sequel to it basically mm-hmm. and use all these characters and you can maybe time it with Puss in Boots even mm-hmm. if you want to put it out. If they are thinking about that, who knows? But yeah, that's honestly where I would see the next Shrek game being that or even maybe Super Slam if they're able to get enough support. I don't think so though. Yeah, uh, Racing seems the, the easy bet that someone will buy it and will at least make their money back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just really depends on Shrek as a franchise. Like if a fifth movie comes out, I think they'll definitely have a game of some importance but i uh i can't see them ever making like a like an action adventure shrek game ever again no probably not and i think activision might still own the rights to dreamworks games in general i can't i can't remember now who owns it like i don't know who made the how to train your dragon video games on like wii and xbox but if they still do own the dreamworks i guess ip Activision, it's technically now owned by Microsoft, but uh, I think I'd rather see like a DreamWorks crossover more than anything else. Like I know that that's a recipe for disaster these days, especially with licenses that aren't, it seems like a Marvel versus Capcom or like a Nintendo crossover, but I really do like a lot of what DreamWorks has done in the last 
I guess, 25, 24 years or so since like one of their first movies was Ants. They've done Shrek. They've done How to Train Your Dragon. They did Kung Fu Panda, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Like they've done some pretty cool things over the last couple of years. And you compared them at the beginning of the episode to Pixar. I don't think that they're on par with with Pixar quality or um, like nostalgia for people other than perhaps Mm -hmm. Shrek. I think Pixar has has dreamworks beat in the nostalgia department unfortunately but they still have really cool characters and cool worlds that i think would be really neat to to cross over in in some way they might have been able to cash in better in the toys to life era with like skylanders and disney infinity um like something like that might have been pretty cool but in 2022 like i think that that's probably a bit ambitious i think a kart racer is probably their best bet but i have a feeling it'll it'll end up being more like the nickelodeon kart racers where we have 12 characters three from each franchise none of them talk and we're going through these kind of bland uninspired levels uh for a couple of minutes and the game will have no reason to go back and no online play and no trophies or achievements and and we'll forget about it but i have high expectations though for the puss in boots and eventual shrek 5 movie i think that those will actually be okay well it's funny neil is that you your dream your dream has actually <laughs> become reality dreamworks superstar carts with a k and a z uh, exists that came out in 2011 for the Wii, uh, PS3, Xbox 360, and the Nintendo DS. Okay. Um, yeah, so that is exactly what you said. We have three from Shrek. We got Shrek, Donkey, Princess Fiona. Mm. We have Alex, Marty, and Gloria from Madagascar. Oh yeah. We have Madagascar. King and King Julian and Skipper as well. We have Hiccup, Toothless, and Bob. Uh, Hiccup and Toothless from How to Train Your Dragon and Bob from Monsters vs. Aliens. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. So, um, what about Shark Tale? That's DreamWorks too, right? Can we get Will Smith and Chris Rock in a game together? Again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the ultimate. That's the ultimate crossover that we need. <laughs> but, but yeah, they um uh, there is rumors like looking, you know, reading about DreamWorks Superstar Carts. There's there are rumors about uh uh the the Crash uh, Racing being remade uh <laughs> for for something at some point, uh which is interesting so we'll see what happens there uh and maybe we'll get some dreamworks characters in that as well so Mm. yeah so your dream does exist neil my dream does exist i'm so glad i can picture that game in my (laughs) mind right now but but mike while i'm while i'm avoiding the dreamworks crossover kart racer of my nightmares why don't you let listeners know what they can expect next week on episode 94 of the gamecube is cool podcast on episode 94, Neil, it's our AAA episode of the month. It's Legend of Zelda Four Swords Adventures. Oh, yes. uh, this is a interesting game. Uh, I'm not going to spoil what we're going to talk about, but <laughs> it is definitely a unique game amongst the Zelda canon. Uh, not a lot of people talk about Four Swords, but I think it's a very underappreciated game for sure. And we're going to have some guests on. We're going to talk about it. Neil has recently picked up a copy of it so he can actually play it and speak to uh, to some of the points. So yeah, it's going to be a good time. That's right, Mike. We have Four Swords Adventures here in the studio. I've been playing it. And <laughs> you're right. Like It is just the forgotten Zelda game. Like I think that if yep. I had to pick a, a Zelda game that's been lost to history... There are others out there, like there's the, the random Oracle of Ages and Seasons game, but like I'm playing through this game right now, and like I never, ever hear like uh, much about this game. Like it's always Wind Waker no. and Twilight Princess have stolen all of the, all of the wind out of its sails, and like it's a good game. I'm really excited to talk about it and finally show it some love because there's not enough out there for for this game, and I think it, I think it could have a real a real presence on on Nintendo hardware. But uh, yeah, we'll have to talk more about that next week. 
But until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to episode 93 of the GameCube is Cool podcast. New episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. Leave us a rating and a review so we can make the show better. You can support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash the GameCube is Cool. All patrons get the show ad-free and a little early. Thank you so much to everybody over there. Then you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. We are at the GameCube Pod. You can join the weekly conversation on our Discord channel, the GameCube was Cool. Share us with your friends and family. Tell Shrek we'll see you in the next Smash Bros. Thank you so much for the support, <laughs> and we will see you next week. See you later. Bye-bye. GameCube. Over 600 games you've never heard of. GameCube. The product of what happens when you think inside the box. GameCube. I completely forgot that Shrek was the number one voted character when they did yeah. that ballot. I know. And they, so they refused to put him in. Yeah, and they even refused to, like, talk about how many votes he got or, like, who yeah. the number one ballot was. It was always it just, was like, we received him. a lot of uh, enthusiasm for certain characters and stuff. Like, they were always so vague about who won. That was so good, man. He definitely won, though. Absolutely. Shrek, Shrek lives on. Yeah, well, Shrek always lives on in the memes and in Smash. Shrek is love. Shrek is life. Shrek is Shrek.